Matthew 22 as we kick off our missions month this year and scheduling missionaries the goal was to bring in people who could help us see different ways that we can reach out to our community uh, now brother Darren does raise support he lives by support um, and uh, and he is raising support and uh, he didn't talk much about that but nonetheless um, uh, as missionaries do brother Darren I'd consider him a little bit more of an evangelist than a missionary uh, he's not offended by that we talked about that a little bit last night uh, he's a missionary evangelist fits maybe a little bit the mold of brother Gary um, as well and in uh, in his ministry is one that is obviously something that our church can can be involved in to help reach our community with the gospel we have focused since the founding of our church uh, our our one of our primary focuses has been on worldwide missions we started off focusing on church planting across the globe and the missionaries that we supported were church planters across the globe then more recently we added uh, Chris Hine the building missionary and he assists churches uh, himself is not a church planter but he assists churches and uh, because of his help and because of his ministry, churches can more effectively reach their communities. And uh, Brother Darren's ministry is similar to that in the sense that because of his ministry, he assists churches in reaching their community. And our theme for the year is love thy neighbor. And we haven't really uh, preached on that specifically in a while, although everything kind of comes back to it. Uh, this morning, I wanted to go back to our theme verse for the year and look at the thought and remind us of our theme of love thy neighbor. We've kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock with the uh, pandemic and what we've been allowed to do. We've had to cancel some events and uh, some different things that we had planned on doing this year that, uh, that are not currently going to work out. But uh, we know that the Lord has plans for our church and, uh, and that we, with those plans um, possibly give us greater opportunity than what we have currently in the place that we're in. And I'm excited about that. But this morning I wanted to go back to Matthew 22 and look at our theme and talk about again the idea of loving our neighbor. Look in Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. It says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's interesting, is it not, that the question that is asked is what is the greatest? And Christ says the greatest is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. But he didn't stop there. He's a good preacher. He keeps going. He said, and the second is very similar. It's like unto it. It's important, just as important as loving God with all your heart and soul and mind. You ought to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang everything else. If you don't love God and you don't love your neighbor, you're not going to follow the rest of what God's Word teaches. These are important things, and this morning I'd like us to, to come back to this thought, love thy neighbor. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I pray as we look into your word and the time that we have, 
God, that you would use it to touch our hearts, to reinvigorate us, to uh, re-energize us, Lord, to, to grow our burden for our community and the people around us. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to give us uh, ideas and ways uh, to better reach our community. But Lord, our sole focus is on you helping us to do this. So Lord, today as I present these verses, I pray that I would do it clearly and correctly. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here a few different things that are given. Number one, we see the great commandment in verse 36 and verse 37. The question is asked in verse 36, what is the great commandment? And Jesus responds with, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Love the Lord, uh, love Him with all your heart, soul, and mind. What does that mean? We've talked about this before, but if we love the Lord with all our heart, it means we love God more than anything or any person. It is the highest of affection, the supreme affection that we can have. And to love God with all our heart means we love God more than anything else. There are a lot of things that we say, I love. Could be a spouse, could be a child, could be a parent, could be a food, uh, it could be a vehicle, it could be a house, it could be all kinds of different things. And we say, I love these things. Uh, I, I talk, and my kids and I have talked about uh, someday when I'm able to purchase a truck again, and, uh, and what kind of truck I want. And, uh, and I personally lean towards the Fords, the Ford F-150s, but I tell my kids, I'm not picky. I said, if someone wants to give me a truck, I'm not going to turn it down if it's not a Ford. Uh, but I, I love the Fords above all other trucks. And then Camden will say, well, what color do you want? Like he's actually going to get me one. And I say, honestly, son, I don't care. If you get me a truck, I'll be happy with whatever color you get me. And, uh, and, but there are certain vehicles that I would prefer over other vehicles. But at the end of the day, I just need one that drives. I need one that gets me from point A to point B. So it's really not that much of a love. There are food that I love, some that I love more than others. I have a weakness. My weakness is pizza. Uh, I do really good when I'm trying to eat less food. Uh, I've been working on this over the last month and, and have cut back uh, my food intake. But then all of a sudden, pizza is served. And I go from being good at containing my appetite to all of a sudden, I think I can eat the whole thing. And after about five slices, I realize I think I've overdone it. So I'll have a sixth. And um, there's things that I love, uh, I love more than others. I'm not a fan of, of liver and onions. Um, never been a fan of that. My dad likes that kind of stuff, but he's weird. And the, you know, I, I love meat, but I, I, I don't like some meat. Um, I like salad, but I don't like spinach. Um, it doesn't belong in a salad. Um, just the iceberg lettuce is all you need. Uh, but uh, there are things that I love and things that I'm not fond of. But God says, I don't want you to love me like that. I want you to love me supremely. That I'm above everything else. Um, I love sports, but honestly, I'm beginning to love them a whole lot less. And uh, with everything that's going on today, I, I like watching a football game, but I don't like watching politics. And, and I, on purpose, don't watch politics, and now it's, it can't turn on a football game without seeing politics. As much as I love sports, uh, even if you take me back to my highest love of sports, God says, I don't want you to love me like that. I want you to love me supremely above all else. In life, we spread out our love. We love our spouse, and we love our kids, and um, we love 
food and we love different things and we love activities and, and, and uh, just different habits or different uh, hobbies that we have. We love those things, but um, we kind of spread it out different things. We, we dedicate a certain amount of time to certain things and God says, I want all of your time on me supremely above all else. Even while you're doing your hobbies, I want your mind on me. I want you to love me with all your heart. He also says with all our soul has the, the idea of a devoted to serve, a surrendering. We hear that word a lot in church, surrender your life to God. Well, that's what God wants. In order for us to love God with all our soul, we have to surrender our soul to Him, be devoted to serve Him and not ourselves and the things that we want or the things that are, that are on our uh, priority list. God says, I need to be it and you need to be surrendered to what I lead you to do. Then it says, with all our mind, submitting to His thoughts over our own. This is important because as Christians, as people, we all have thoughts. I've talked with you about my, if I can use the word vision for our church, uh, things that I'd like to see our church eventually be able to do and, and uh, different ministries that our church could have. But God says, I want your mind to be my mind. With all your mind, uh, to love me with all your heart, soul, and mind, it means to submit to God's mind as opposed to my own. God's thoughts and not my thoughts. It's not, God, I want to do this. It's, God, what do you want me to do? Following His vision as opposed to your own. We have to love the Lord. And if we love God, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If I'm going to love God, if I say that I love God, if I truly love God, my actions will prove it by my obedience to God. My love for God has to be sincere and not just in word. We can fool people. I, I told you the first time I told that my wife when we were dating that I loved her and she said, how do you know? Are you sure? She wanted to make sure I was sincere about it. It wasn't just saying it. You know, it's God, you, God doesn't have to wonder if we mean it. God knows if we mean it. God doesn't have to wonder, are they serious? God knows if you're serious. You can say you love God all you want, but until you obey His commandments, you don't love God. Until you do what God tells you to do, you don't love God. If you love me, keep my commandments. The great commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. But he says the second is like unto the first in verse 38 and verse 39. And he says in verse 39, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is of similar importance, loving our neighbor as is loving God. And you would say, and I would say as well, that there's nothing that we can do uh, better than love God. It has to be our priority. It has to be first. But God does point out, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, preaches this and says this, that this one, this commandment, love thy neighbor as thyself, is like unto love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Because if you don't love people, then you can't properly love God. It's interesting, again, this points out that the lawyer asked this question. Um, say what you will about lawyers, but it says a lot. Uh, the lawyer, uh, he didn't ask uh, for this, uh, this second commandment, but God still answered with the second commandment. 
What is love? We've talked about this a lot. Romans 13, 10, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. In verse 39, it says that we have to love our neighbor as ourselves, being willing to sacrifice, willing to give, but also to be sacrificed for them. This is a topic that is a little touchy, so I want to be careful and make sure I say it clearly. I should be willing to sacrifice my American freedoms for the souls of my neighbors. I don't want to give up my American freedoms. I'm thankful for my American freedoms. But think for a moment what Christ gave up to love me, to prove His love to me. And I've, I, you know, I've been careful with this, but sometimes American Christians get so caught up in their freedoms they fail to love their neighbors. And there's a time that we need to stand up as an American and fight for our freedoms. I'm not, I'm not anti-standing up for your rights. But we have to understand that to truly love our neighbors, it's probably going to take some sacrifice on our end, and it may be major sacrifice. Many Christians are willing to give up a little bit for someone, but they're not usually willing to give up everything for someone. You can't just give a little. You can't just give possessions. You can't just give water. You can't just give clothing. You can't just give backpacks. You can't just give um, whatever. You have to give of yourselves. It's a willingness to love my neighbor the same way that I love me. I joke about it. I sure love me. I mean, I'm pretty lovable. Uh, I remind my wife of this regularly because she forgets, but uh, I am very lovable. I look in the mirror in the morning and I go, yeah, I can see how this is easy for everybody else. Uh, but uh, we oftentimes, we do love ourselves. We take care of ourselves. Um, we do things, if we get money for our birthday, we're going to go spend it on ourselves. You say, what's well, the gift? I'm supposed to. I'm all for it. Spend, spend your birthday money on you. I've got no problem with that. But we will, when we get, we, we go out to provide for ourselves, to, to make our lives better. God says, love your neighbor the same way you love you. <clears throat> Give, provide, help the same way that you love yourself. Care about their eternity the same way you care about your eternity. But in order for us to obey this commandment, we have to understand that obedience to God begins with love, not just for God, but also for our neighbors. Nothing can be done right, especially religion, and I use that word as lightly as possible. You cannot be godly and not love your neighbor. You can go to church and still not be godly. You can... Um, you could pass out tracts and still not be godly. But uh, you can't hate your neighbor and be godly. You can't even ignore your neighbor and be godly. You have to love your neighbor in order to be what God wants you to be. 1 John 4.20 says, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Have you ever seen God? I have not. Not in person. Uh, Jesus Christ came and manifested Himself in the flesh and lived on this earth. 
for, for a couple decades, a few decades, and uh, was there, and there were people who saw him, heard him teach, heard him preach, saw miracles done, saw him crucified on the cross, saw him after his resurrection uh, from the dead, and saw him in the flesh. That was a while ago. I've never seen God in the flesh. I've seen pictures that are supposed to be God, um, but who knows how close they are uh, to being correct. I've never seen God. And God says, if you can't love the neighbor who you see on a regular basis, or who's standing right in front of you, how in the world are you going to love me who you've not seen? Most of us would say, well, I can love God because He sent His Son to die for me and, and I've accepted His salvation and, and Jesus loved me, so I love Him because He loved me first. Well, God says, if you love me, then you're going to keep my commandments. And He says, the second commandment that I give that is like the first commandment that I give is to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you can't love your neighbor, then you can't love me. I mean, good night. You can see that person. You can see their suffering. You can see their pain. You can see their hurt. You can see their joy. You can see their needs. And you don't love them. How in the world are you going to love me? If you say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar. Remember as a kid, people calling you a liar? Uh, Camden used to say, liar. You're a liar. Um, we thought it was funny, so we let him say it. But uh, now it's coming back to bite us. Um, God takes lying very seriously. Um, <laughs> this is recorded, so I won't sing the song that I learned. But uh, Revelation 21.8. Liars and others have their place in the lake of fire. Lying is not a joke to God. And God says, if you say you love me, but you hate your brother, you're a liar. You see, God gives us the greatest commandment, and He says the second is like unto it. And then He reminds us that everything else follows loving God and loving others. Verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That word all is not in there by accident. God didn't mistakenly put all instead of most. He put all in there on purpose. These two commandments, loving God, loving others, upon these two things hang all the law and the prophets. He's not talking even here about government law. He's talking about the Bible. The teachings of the Bible. Everything else that God teaches us to do hang on, hinge on, loving God and loving others. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, we see the, the love chapter. Uh, and uh, let's go ahead and turn there. We've got time. Not much, but we've got some. So let's go there. 1 Corinthians 13. Here the word, uh, the English word that's used is charity, um, which is in the, the uh, Greek, there are multiple words for love that, that define what kind of love we're talking about. And so charity and love is, is it's the same thing, all right? Uh, and so we give it a list uh, going on through in verse um, number four. That starts the list uh, to some degree, charity suffereth long and is kind, envieth not, vaunteth not itself, does not puffed up, 
uh, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Uh, we need to focus on that verse in today's day and time, by the way. Rejoices not in iniquity. That's, that's important if we're going to love someone. But verse 7, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, verse 8, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, and whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see through a glass, darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Love is patient, it's kind, it's comforting, it's encouraging, it never fails. Why is love greater than faith and hope? Why does God consider love the greatest of the three? Faith is important, is it not? But God says love is the most important. Why? It's because love has a wider influence. Your neighbor can be influenced by your faith. The Bible says that without works, your faith is dead, it's empty, it's vain, it's no good. Well, what works are we talking about? You could say, well, we're just talking about actions, your general actions. Maybe so. I think that's fair to say, but I think more so it's your works of love. Without loving your neighbor, your faith is meaning nothing to them. Your neighbor can be lost on their way to hell and they can see you go to church every Sunday with your Bible in hand and you could wear a tuxedo if you wanted to and they think, boy, that person's really religious or really weird, one of the two, and uh, whatever it may be, but it's not going to affect them. But if you love your neighbor, then all of a sudden your faith is real to them. They see you care about me. Because you can tell someone, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, but if you're screaming at them, God loves you, but you're going to hell, they're not going to go, yeah, I want that. No, it's not the way it works. Love has a wider influence than faith and hope. Love brings happiness to people. Um, isn't that true? If someone loves on you, it brings happiness. If your boss comes up and says, I really appreciate what you do, noticing your good work. Thank you for what you do. That's, a, that's love. Uh, and you go, that makes you happy. On the worst day at work, if your boss will just tell you, I appreciate you, all of a sudden it's not as bad as it used to be. If a friend comes up to you or calls you or texts you and just said, hey, thinking about you today, love you. Anything I can do for you? It immediately brings happiness. In the darkest of moments, in the saddest of days, when someone comes up and puts their arm around you and says, I love you, what can I do for you? It brings some joy and some happiness. Love overcomes hurt. That's the only thing that overcomes hurt. People say time heals wounds. Um, I don't believe that to be always true. 
But love can heal wounds. Love can help during the hurt, can overcome it. It's the one thing that shines in the midst of hurt is love. The Bible says that God so loved the world. God, as always, is our perfect example. God gives us in the Bible, and He tells us to do certain things. He gives a role for husbands to lead the house. How? As Christ leads the church. The example that He's given to us. The Christian is to follow Christ's example and the things that He has done. We have the perfect example in God in all things that we do, and the, one of the best things that God has done for us is shown us how to love. We take lightly sometimes the fact that God, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, was hanging on a cross in front of a crowd of people who were chanting crucify him before. And as his father, God the Father, turns away from Jesus Christ because of the sin that he was taking on to him at the cross. As Christ is dying in pain, he thinks and says, forgive them. The people who nailed Jesus to the cross, Christ said, forgive them. Isn't that amazing? Because when someone hurts us, we don't go, God, take it really easy on them. You know what? Why don't you bless them a little bit? Throw a little extra money their way. They were really mean to me. Now we usually pray prayers that David prayed in Psalms. Uh, get rid of my enemies. Destroy them. I don't think David was wrong to pray that in that time. He was praying for security and for help from God. But typically that's the route we'll go instead of Jesus Christ's route of forgive them. If we're going to love our neighbors, we have to prove it through our actions. It's the only way we can do it. We can trick our neighbors to make them maybe think that we love them, even if we don't, but we can't trick God. And so it comes back to this thought, have you loved God lately? He says, the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Are you doing that? Have you loved your neighbor recently? If you haven't, you haven't loved God recently. Our neighbors are going through a lot of things, and I have to admit it's hard sometimes because of differing views on things. It can be more difficult. But God says it, He doesn't say love the people who think like you, love the people who agree with you, love the people who look like you. He says love your neighbor. With God's help and by God's grace, we can do it. Our church is going to continue to find ways through God's help, through God's wisdom, through God's guidance that we can reach out to our neighbors. Now, but we can't wait for corporate neighbor loving. All right? We can't wait for the church activity to love the neighbor. It's a daily action that we as individual Christians must do. I've heard it said before, Pastor, that's your job. I didn't hear it here. Pastor, that's your job. I said, no. No, it's the Christian's responsibility. I'm a Christian, so yes, it is my job. But it's not because I'm a pastor. It's the pastor. I should be an example and I should be a leader. But it's our job. Individually, if you're a Christian, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor, 
We can talk about different ways to do that, and we have before, and, and we won't take the time to do it this, this morning, but are we loving our neighbor? I know it's been harder. Um, if we've been cooped up at the house or um, even at work, you're not allowed to talk as much. At least at my work, you're not allowed to talk as much, and, and you sometimes can't hear because your voices are muffled, and, and, uh, or you're dying of, of anxiety attacks or uh, not being able to breathe or whatever it is. It makes it more difficult, but God doesn't say, hey, if it's hard, don't worry about it. You can take some time off. No, God says, love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor's going through the same things or similar things that you're going through in, in this pandemic. But maybe they don't have the love of Christ and the peace of Christ that comes uh, with salvation yet. And it's your opportunity to love them and share with them what God can do for them. We've made it our theme this year. May we not forget it. May we do it more effectively, more efficiently, more wisely in the days to come. Lord, I pray for your help. And we're so thankful for your protection and your provision for our church. God, I pray that you would help us to not lose sight, even though there is much distraction now. Lord, I pray that we would not lose sight to what you have commanded for us to do. God, I pray that we would love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And God, I pray that similar to that, that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. And God, help us to be daily loving our neighbors. Help us to be as a church, as a unit together, loving our neighbors as well. So Lord, we pray that you'd help us to do that um, effectively. God, we seek your help because without it we can do nothing, but with it we can do all things. So God, we pray for your help today. Change us where we need to be changed. Uh, refresh us where we need to be refreshed. And God, help us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.